Total Wine and More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities, up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply. With Bruce Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. From the shores of Malibu, where the waves are pumping to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Brooklyn, New York, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time, especially in the new year, 2019. It's sex, drugs, rock and roll, no holes barred radio. We talk UFC. We talk politics. We talk President Trump. We talk film and TV. But today, Total Wine and More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities, up to two million dollars in total. Shop with us today or visit totalwine.com. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, we're going to talk with two very special people coming on the show. My co-host, who happens to visit us at least once a month or every other month. The ever, inevitable, beautiful, never know what she's going to say, never know what's going to come out of her mouth, Sammy Phillips. Hi, Sammy. Here I am, guys. I missed you. Miss you too, darling. Happy New Year. Love you. Kiss, kiss. We're going to go on with the show. We got TJ here to talk with you, but we're bringing on a good friend of mine, Dan Lambert, the owner, the man that runs the big, big American top team with all the great fighters they have in their stable, the manager of Amanda Nunes. Let's bring on my longtime friend, Dan Lambert. Hi, Dan. Hey, Bruce. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm, I'm doing great, Dan. It's always great to have you on the show. Always great to see you on the UFC campus around the world. Dan, before we go into what I'd like to talk about, which is the amazing performance and the amazing career of the amazing Amanda Nunes, I want to talk about a passing of somebody that I've worked with, somebody I've always liked, who I've been a big fan of, but Mean Gene Oakland. Uh, was seriously injured in a nasty fall back in December. It caused a rapid decline in his health, which ultimately led to his passing. I want to send my condolences and best wishes out to the family and loved ones of Mean Gene Oakland and all the entertainment he gave all of us over the years with his work in professional wrestling. And you, in your work in professional wrestling, did you ever have the chance to meet Mean Gene Oakland? Um, I actually did. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a wrestling dork. Grew up a wrestling fan my whole life, and me and a few of my fellow dork friends that I grew up watching the, the matches with, we we bring a wrestler down every month, and we take him to dinner, and we just let let him tell stories. So uh, maybe five six months ago, me and Gene came down, and uh, we spent a night with him, and he told a bunch of old stories, and he was really really cool, amazing storyteller. He was a great character, and uh, probably out of the fifty or so wrestlers that we brought down, he was probably one of the top two or three guys that we brought down as far as having a real enjoyable evening with. Yeah, he was he's amazing. Every time I was at an event with him when I was managing Michael in the WCW, this man walked in a room. He had charisma. He's always smiling. His interviews with the legendary wrestlers like Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, Macho Man Randy Savage, and more, uh, they were just, he was perfect. I don't think there's ever going to be another Mean Gene Oakland, and also one of the greatest voices in sports, too. I have to give it to Mean Gene. So... Definitely, yeah, he was great. He was great. He was great. Thank you, Mean Gene. Thank you for everything. Best wishes being said. As a native Minnesotan, I need to remind everyone that Mean Gene Okerlund got a start in Minnesota with the AWA and Vern Gagne's promotion. So sorry, I, just, I had to hit no, that. Uh, had to hit that Minnesota quota here, Buff. That's okay, but it goes to show what a legendary character and entertainer he was with all the experience and the and the decades that he was in this industry. So now, Dan, we have to move on. I got to talk about Amanda Nunes, Dan. I, you know, I'm still blown away. I'm blown away for a couple reasons. My, my jaw hit the ground the moment she had Cyborg in trouble. She didn't stop. She's a finisher. She punches straight down the pipe like someone three times her size. Uh, I just can't say enough. And when I went in the octagon after she won, when she was on the octagon floor with her hands over her eyes and the smile and the tears, I could feel the emotion. Probably one of the most 
emotionally filled post-fight moments I've experienced in my 23 years of being in the octagon. What's next for Amanda Nunes? Um, I'd actually like to see her defend both belts. You know, there's been a couple people before her who have been cha- champs, and uh, you know they're in, both in pretty deep divisions. And unlike unlike those guys, I think she actually has an opportunity to continue and defend both titles, which is somebody something nobody's ever done before. So I'd, I'd like to see her get in there either at 135 or 145 next. I would imagine it would be at 135 since that belt's been dormant for a little while, and they probably want to get the division going. I'd like to see her go and defend that, and then. Hopefully all goes well with that, and then I'd like her to see her come back and do it again at 145. I would love to see that because that would also staple her solid into the history books as one of the greatest of all time. Because quite frankly, right now she is one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time female mixed martial arts uh, female UFC fighter. TJ, would you say so with her accomplishments? Is that a fair statement to make? Uh, for her accomplishments, absolutely, yeah. I mean, no one, no one has uh, accomplished what she has uh, in, in women's mixed martial arts. I'd like personally to see her cement it and have a rematch with Chris Cyborg. Um, I would favor her probably in a rematch with Chris Cyborg. The biggest thing that was, uh, you know, surprising to me in this fight with Cyborg and, and with Nunez really as a whole, even going back to her fight with, with Ronda Rousey is when she has success, she doesn't get excited and enforce the issue. She stays calm and calculated. And that's what you need to do when you're fighting at the highest level. I mean, we see a lot of times where a fighter will get their opponent rocked and they just sort of sell out and having to finish the fight right then and there and they gas themselves out and that allows their opponent to, you know, recuperate. Uh, Amanda, while she never let up on Cyborg, she also made sure that every strike that she was throwing after she rocked her, you know, counted and uh, didn't let her off the hook. And, and that was the most impressive thing, I think, about her uh, performance. Exactly. Well, that's you, you kind of nailed it. That's that's one benefit that Amanda has. Is she is just she's so accurate and precise with her striking. I mean, literally every punch she throws lands and does damage. So you know she's able to pace herself pretty. It's easy to pace yourself when just about every punch you're throwing is, is doing damage. You don't have to throw that many to, to take right. its toll. Yeah, absolutely true. But you know, with a lot of fighters, there's that killer instinct, that finished instinct. You could have, Cyborg is like the Terminator. If you gave her an extra few seconds beyond what Amanda gave her, she's going to come back up and she's going to go after you. Uh, Amanda did not let up. She just, she realized, I got to just take care of this now or I'm going to have a a long five-round fight. And uh, kudos to her. Great plan. I'm a huge fan of Chris Cyborgs. I would love to see him fight again. But I saw on the internet today, and I don't know whether, I, I didn't know how to take this. It showed Amanda Nunes like, jumping into her pants, you know, at 145, and, she, and a statement was something like, never 145 ever again. Was that just a joke, or is she saying she doesn't want to fight at 145? No, that, that was a joke. I think she was jumping into her into her 135 jeans, and, and they weren't as easy to get into, so maybe <laughs> she was a little bummed out about that. Gotcha. Okay, well, you know, woman's prerogative, right? All right, now i got to say something. Dan, you've done a lot of amazing things. You take incredible carrier fighters, your, your passion for the sport, your care and love of the fighters that you manage and the fighters even that you don't manage is beyond the norm. It's, it's fantastic, which shows the fact you just set a record for the highest paid winning bid. I put my uh, UFC 232 fight cards, the handheld cards I hold in the octagon, uh, through a company called Inscriptographs. They now have uh, contracted with me. They want to put out some of my stuff, which we're going to sell proceeds, partial proceeds going to charity. In this case, the Make-A-Wish Foundation, which is a great charity I'm very close to. And um, you got in a bidding war, Dan, because, I, guys, get this. Dan paid a record $4,272, not for the entire card set, because I've had more than that paid before, but for the one card, which to me is a very historical card, setting Amanda Nunez's uh, GOAT status in the fight card I held at UFC 232. Congratulations, Dan. I don't know if you called me and said, Buff, I want that card. I might have given it to you for a few hundred, but you know what? You got in a bidding war. <laughs> I actually think I sent you a text after the fact and said, geez, man, you're going to send me to the poorhouse trying to get this for our gym. <laughs> I say, hey, you know what? Great, great cause. It's a great piece. We wanted it up to memorialize the event in our gym, and if it, if it costs us four grand, for a good cause every time somebody becomes a champ champ, <laughs> so be it. Absolutely, and it is one heck of a card, one of my favorite cards ever. So enjoy it. If you can read it, good luck to you because that's all my scribble. But it's a, it's a real right, piece well, of work. We'll have I'll fun ha- trying to decipher it. 
No problem. Now, also along with the uh, along with that, Dan, you get a uh, one championship introduction. So I'm going to need you to sit, they'll contact you to send me the info, whether it's going to be for you or somebody special. But you're going to get a championship audio introduction uh, to go along. Oh, with that's my great. Card. Yeah, you cool. get that we'll too. Out, uh, we'll make somebody's day with that. Yeah, absolutely. Just let me know who. It will be done. Okay, I'm heading out to. Uh, thanks again, Dan. Thanks for a great cause. I, I really appreciate it. I had no idea who it was, and when I got your text, I go, "Oh my God, you're kidding!" <laughs> oh, one quick question: Were you in a bidding war? Was it was the bids coming back at you as you were bidding, or did you just slap a huge bid on that? Uh, my kid's actually kind of a, a, a an eBay nut job. He's almost bordering on becoming a hoarder for sports memorabilia. So uh, he's got the account, and I called him up, and I. I call my kid. He's 25 years old. I'm like, Hey man, I need this piece. You know, here's your assignment. Just get it for me. So he's like, Oh, it looks like it's going to cost you. He called me a couple of times. I said, man, people want this thing. I, said, I don't care. Just get it for me. So I don't know exactly how the process went. I just know he gave me a call at one point and said, okay, you got good news, bad news. You got it. Is a good news. Bad news is reach deep into your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> well, two things, Dan, first off, send me your son's email so I can make sure he's the first one to know about any future cards going on sale. And uh, second off, um, I just think it's a great thing, period. Oh, by the way, here's the second off. John Jones card. Get this. Only sold. I was very surprised by this. Only sold for around $260. Very surprised. I, Wait, I wonder what? if that's. Yeah, I, I wonder if that's an insight into, I don't, know, I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, is that a sample of the fandom for John Jones, collectible. I mean, that's a picogram of the amount I thought that card would bring. <laughs> oh God, you said it, I didn't. <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm not sure if uh, wanting to buy the card translates to how many people are willing to pay money to see him fight. You know, no, whether they're I, paying to see him win or paying to see him lose. But uh, I think that guy's a, I think that guy's a draw. I think he's the uh, probably the greatest fighter to ever step foot on the planet. All other stuff aside, so. I, Whatever he I, fights on, I'm certainly paying to see it. Absolutely. I have to agree with you, and I'm certainly going to announce it, you know, most definitely. All right, let's, uh, before we let you go, Dan, we've got the big show coming up. We're on ESPN now. Uh, Sammy, for your own edification, the UFC signed a huge deal, a reported $300 million a year. We're now, we're not on Fox. We're on ESPN starting this Saturday night with the UFC fight night with Henry Cejudo and TJ Dillashaw going at it for the UFC flyweight title in a five-round bout. Um, also this is going to bring in Greg Hardy, the man from the contender series now is going to step into the actual UFC event in the octagon. He's going to fight another heavyweight named Alan, uh, Alan Crowder guys. Uh, I know about Greg Hardy. Uh, give me some insight on Alan Crowder. What kind of fight is this going to be? TJ, you go first. Uh, I mean, I think this is going to be a, a, a showcase for Greg Hardy and Dan, you probably know more about Greg and his mixed martial arts ability than all of us now that he's uh, training down at ATT. Um, I do a podcast with Dean Thomas. Dean has the best things to say about Dan Hardy's uh, ability and talent. And, I mean, we've seen him, you know, wreck shop on uh, on guys in the Contender Series and outside of um, uh, that show as well. Uh, looking at, at Greg, I mean, this guy seems to be made for mixed martial arts and, you know, the, the talent that he possesses uh, that we've seen, and a lot of the talent that Dean Thomas says we haven't even seen yet. Uh, I mean, Dean Dean is saying that Greg Hardy's going to be a UFC heavyweight champion someday, and if he's able to, you know, showcase his skills the way that he has outside of the octagon, inside of the octagon, that opportunity may come, you know, much quicker than others are, are you know, afforded. But uh, when, when you look at this fight, uh, Alan Crowder hasn't fought in the UFC since, I, I think, 2017, uh, this is going to be a rude welcoming back for him. I, I like Greg Hardy to probably, you know, highlight reel this kid. I probably have to go with your prediction on that. As far as, you know, the ceiling for Greg, it's, it's pretty high. He is without a doubt going to be one of, if not the best athlete that ever stepped foot into the octagon. And, you know, the way the sport has evolved, you know, it started with the grapplers and the jujitsu guys dominating the sport and then the wrestlers you know, we're dominating the sport and, and, you know, as the sport evolves, I see that the best athletes are going to start dominating the sport because everybody's going to be well-rounded at some point. And at the end of the day, who's ever the better all around athlete, faster, stronger, more explosive hits harder, um, is going to rise to the top. And, and I think, especially at the heavyweight division, 
There aren't a lot of guys that, that have his type of athleticism. He's come to our gym with the right attitude. He's kept his head low. He's respectful to everybody in the gym. He puts the work in. He asked if he could live in our gym in one of the dorms because he wanted to immerse himself in the sport. And uh, he's done everything we've asked of him and more. So I, I, I think the sky's the limit for this guy. Interesting to hear. I'm very interested to watch him fight in person. Uh, Very much looking forward to it. Aside from that fight, we've got Paige Van Zandt returning against Rachel, excuse me, Ostevich, uh, after all she's been through in the last few months with the uh, situation with her um, husband or boyfriend, I forget, and and what she went through. Husband. So I'm really looking forward to them coming in, putting their show on the uh, floor there. We've got Glover Teixeira, Carl Roberson. That's going to be good. But Joseph Benavides and Dustin Ortiz, I think, is going to be one of the best fights of the night. And Alex Hernandez and Donald Cerrone, we know what's going to happen there. It's going to be a Pier 6 brawl with skill, of course. Big night of fights. I can't wait. Um, Dan, ESPN, do you agree? Going to be huge? I, I, it's amazing. Just, just to see the... You know, the, the, the progression of this sport in the public eye and the exposure it's gotten and, and now to see it where it is. I mean, I'm thinking back 20 years ago, we're promoting shows and we're in the locker room literally coming up with the rules by a showing of hands. You know, who wants kicks to the head legal while the opponent's on the ground? Raise your hand, you know, right. and, to, and to see it now, now come full circle, sold out arenas, Madison Square Gardens of the world, and big pay-per-views. And now, you know, ESPN. Holy shit. Yeah, it's 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 amazing, Sammy. I uh, announced one of Dan's shows down in Florida many years ago, and there was a man in attendance that I was asked to introduce, not by Dan, but by one of the other people that I refused to introduce. And I said, if you ask me again, I'm going to walk off. Dan, do you remember who that was? I don't. OJ, OJ Simpson. OJ Simpson. I've heard OJ the story Simpson. before. Oh, Spoiler alert. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they came up and asked wow. me to. Yeah, they came up and asked me to introduce him. I said, don't even ask me one more time. It ain't happening. I do remember him coming to one of our shows. I don't remember yep. which one it was, but I do remember him in show. Yep. Well, that that was the case back then. Sammy, are you a football fan? Um. Well, yes. I love watching games. I don't really have a favorite team unless they're from New York, since I'm a New Yorker, or uh, Los Angeles, since I live here. Um, but... They look really cute in their outfits. <laughs> okay. No, seriously. I love when they like wrestle and pat each other's asses and it's hot. So, so is that, was, is that what does it for you in the NFL, Dan? Yeah, I, I got pretty much the same answer there. The only, <laughs> the only difference is I, I don't have a, a, a most hated team unless they're from New York or Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, just, just so you guys know, Dan, I know you're better. I know you enjoy putting some action on games, on many th- different things. So last week, I went four for four, okay? My team is Philadelphia. I actually made a mistake on one of the bets that I didn't pull in. I did very well last week, but I made a four-team parlay. When I, and I'm big in buying up or down points, depending on who I'm betting on, you know, whether it's the favorite or the underdog. I accidentally hit the wrong button and bought Philadelphia instead of 7.5 and went down to 5.5. Therefore, I lost that 14 parlay, which would have been thousands of dollars. And it was funny because during the game, I was so excited. But then when I looked at my bet, I realized, oh, my God, did I really do that? I still did well, but that one fourteen parlay was going to be huge. But anyway, so I went 4 for 4. So here's my picks, Dan. Here's my picks. Take the New England Patriots over the Kansas City Chiefs plus three points, but buy an extra half point to bring it to plus three and a half for the win. That wins me a lot of games. Take on the other game, take the New Orleans Saints minus three and a half points over the L.A. Rams, who I happen to really like. I'm just looking at who's going to win and buy down to three points or wait till before the game. If it's at three and buy it down to minus two and a half points. Those are my two picks for this weekend. Dan, who are your picks? I'm with you on the Saints. I think they're the best team out there right now because they can play defense when it counts as well as put up the big points. But I'm going the other way on the Chiefs game. I think it's time for that no-good stinking Tom Brady who's ruined my life as a Dolphins fan all these years (laughs) to finally get his comeuppance and uh, ride off into the sunset. I'm going Patty Mahomes and the Chiefs big. All right. I may give you a call during the week. Maybe we'll do a little uh, one-on-one action if you know what I'm saying. Oh. All right. What? Well, he's got to win back part of his $4,272 minus charity donation. <laughs> All right. Okay, guys, Dan, listen, I want you to have a great week. Are you going to be in New York? 
I will not be in New York. I will be home watching. Okay, what's the next UFC I'll see you at? Uh, March 2nd. That show is stacked. Stacked. Very stacked. All right, Dan, I'll see you there. If you have time on Friday night, let's do dinner. Sounds like a plan. All right, Dan. Thanks so much, buddy. Much hey, love, brother. Take care. You got it. You got it. Go take care of your team. Will do. Thanks. Thanks, Dan. Bruce. Yes, Sammy. I've been biting my tongue this whole time. Why? Is the next fight in New York City? No. Well, yes, but it's in Brooklyn. Okay. You know that's where I'm from, right? Are you asking me to fly you out and get you a seat? Well, don't we need to do some more market research? <laughs> Show prep. Show prep. Not market yes. research unless you're selling it. Which, I mean, if you are selling it, there are probably some buyers that would be interested in the stream. Yeah, but depending on the state, she'd wind up in jail if she's selling it. Okay. Uh, now, <laughs> listen, sincerely, I am from Brooklyn. How, look how many syllables I made that word into. You know Ser I'm from Brooklyn. Seriously, two days before Friday, a flight is thousands of dollars. Look how many zeros I'm talking about. Let's wait for L.A., babe. Don't worry, Sammy. They go to Brooklyn <laughs> like twice a year. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? I've been hearing this. I'm going to take you at some point again for years. Like I will. Where is geographically desirable, Sammy? You're, okay, you so then I have you committed that you're going to take me to, or not take me, but you are going, can I go with your brother, Brian, to a show in Los Angeles? When the show hits L.A., how about I Anaheim? Will arrange, Anaheim's coming to L.A. I, whether, I can't guarantee you'd be with Brian, but I guarantee you this, Sammy. And I can't guarantee what kind of ticket, but I guarantee you have a ticket to the show. How's that? Yeah, I'll be in the nosebleeds. Like, no, well, well, don't. He, here, here's the thing, Sammy. The nosebleeds in MMA are actually the best seats. Because <laughs> no, matter, no matter where you're going to sit, you're going to end up looking at a screen. And the best right. seat I've ever had is sitting in the upper deck, first row, center of the arena where I could look straight down and see over the top of the octagon wall and then look straight up and see the screen above the cage. That That's the best seat. You sit on the floor, you're, you can't see anything. Unless you're in the first three rows, you can't. The, the riser seats are always the best seats, Sammy. So trust me, you well, won't be one. spoiled me because once I sat in like the first three rows and once I sat in the first tier with your brother. Well, uh, history sometimes repeats, and then history sometimes doesn't. But the bottom line is that you'll be at the show. How's that? <laughs> Do you realize how many tickets I have to buy when a show comes to Los Angeles? I have family, Sammy. I don't. I think my paycheck gets eaten up. I'm just. I mean, it's all. It's all to get people to the show. This is what you tell me every fucking time. Hey. Every, every time, it's the same. How, how many? How many shows has he brought you to, Sammy? Two. Two. I've been doing this show for 10 years. Right. I've, been doing this, I've been doing this show for 10 years as well, and that's two more times than he's ever brought me to a show. So. And with the exception of um, one person I can mention, not counting my brother or my family, that's two more shows than anybody else I've brought to. Yeah. Oh. So Well, uh, I, I am your co-host with the most whatever. So with the most I whatever? Go. I don't know what that yeah, means. Yeah, the most whatever. Fill in the blank. Oh. All right, Sa Sammy, here, here it is. Uh, here's the thing. You ready? Yeah. It's up to you. When you hear there's a show in L.A., do not call me that week. Do your homework. Call me ahead of time. Tell me you want to go to the show. All right, How's Sammy. Okay, Sammy. So I want to go to the next L.A. show. Sammy, I'm I'll, I'll warn you next time. I'll be your partner and tell you to put go. in that ticket request. Okay. All and right, then guys. also, TJ, you also um, MC or do your hosting things for, what is it, the Invictas? What is it that? Yeah, in, in, Invicta, yeah. There you go, yeah. TJ. Here you go. So, I mean, you are in... Uh, octagon ring things all the time, buddy. Yeah. Closer to the action than I am. So I'm working all the time. I never get to go to a show and have fun is what you're saying. No, but you get to actually be in it. So that's cooler. Oh. I don't know what that means. Is, are you trying to justify Bruce not sharing tickets with me? Yeah. Okay, that's not going to work because... Uh, <laughs> That's, I like tried. Saying, that's like saying, hey, I never get Can to leave the house. Yeah, but you go to work Monday through Friday. All right. Five minutes on free seats is over. You can, <laughs> you can contact me. Let's get into the news. You ready? Buff, yeah. I, have a favorite I, I don't want your charity. 
<laughs> All right, guys. There's some serious subjects here we have to talk about. There's a couple of horrific subjects we have to talk about, and we're going to end it on a nice note. I promise. First off, the government shutdown continues over the border wall. Many people are going without paychecks. Now, they will receive their paychecks, my understanding, once the government opens up. So it's almost like a forced savings account, but that does not, that does not solve the issue for employees that live week to week on their paycheck. Right. The, is, the refer- is T-Mobile taking that as uh, an acceptable excuse as to why people aren't paying their cell phone bill? No, I don't think anybody's taking an excuse because not only are people suffering not being able to pay their bills that are in that position, but this repercussion is going out because they are not spending. They are not shopping. They right. are not. I mean, there's a lot of there's a, the repercussions are wide. Trickle down effect. Whole thing. The trickle effect, the domino effect is very, very wide. All standing strong so he can build the border wall, which, if I understand correctly, is the main reason for the shutdown. I just hope this ends soon. I mean, Sammy, you know what it's like to live week to week. We all know what it's like to live week to week. It's horrible to not get a paycheck, correct? And I've been watching on all different news sources, different, you know, stories of various furloughed government workers who've been affected by the shutdown in, you know, not the standard typical ways. There is, you know, the the pregnant mother, TSA lady, who doesn't even know the status of her insurance at the moment. Blah, blah, blah. Like, there's nobody in the office to approve things for people. Like, it's, it's, it affects it trickles down like people at the top levels of the government that aren't doing their jobs or aren't being paid or are out sick, them not doing their jobs affects thousands below them. So it's, it just freaking sucks. And he is hijacking. He meaning the idiot president is literally hijacking this country to get his way. He's trying to bully congressional leaders. He's trying. He doesn't give a fuck about the people. Oh yeah, he's telling this pregnant mother six months into her pregnancy to go paint houses or go walk dogs or go drive an Uber. Are you fucking kidding me? Get the fuck out of here. Like. Come on, this guy is out of touch with reality. He's a megalomaniac dictator. He doesn't give a fuck. He wants to drive this country into a state of chaos. He wants to institute national emergencies. So what? He can institute martial law? Get the fuck out of here. He's a dictator, a treasonous fucking traitor. Sammy, can you tell us how you truly feel? (laughs) You know, and... Bruce, not to like lead the sway of how you're going about delivering the news, but you are aware of the ISIS claimed attack in Syria that just killed a bunch of our troops, correct? Wait, did this happen today? Yes, about Uh, 40 minutes ago. No, I've been busy preparing. Are you kidding me? Okay, U.S. service members killed in ISIS-claimed attack in Syria. Pence declares ISIS has been defeated on same day as deadly Syria attack. Um, U.S. troops it. dead in Islamic State bombing in Syria. I see it. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know why? Because this motherfucker is pulling out of Syria and because they falsely claimed ISIS has been defeated. And what is ISIS going to do? They're going to be like, really? What? Here, let's bomb your guys' ass. You know, they're pulling out 2,000 troops out of Syria, which is not a large amount of troops, but it is a you know good amount I'm reading this. Is I hate this. But it's oh. not just troops. They're pulling out equipment. They're yeah, I know. Out everything. Everything. Well, if this is a, this is an insight into what uh, we have to look forward to, it's pretty horrific. I'm, I'm just oh, I'm stunned by this. I hate reading See, this. So this is why I'm so fucking angry. I, you know, I can tell. As a matter of fact, since we start mentioned President Trump, who I know is not on your Christmas wish list to send gifts to, uh, you've dropped down nine F-bombs, of which eight were during this last soliloquy you just gave us. So you're obviously, you're obviously, I'm keeping track of your F-bombs, Sammy. Really? Well, when the FTC calls me, I think there's a limit about 50. I just don't want to go over. No, just bleep bleep me in the aftermath, or I I could put like a dollar in the fucking cookie jar. Oh, God, we just rounded out to 10. Did you say FTC? The Federal Trade Commission? I don't think they're going to call, Buck. No, not the FTC. Excuse me, the FCC. Sorry. 
boy. All right, everybody. I don't know if I can comment too much. I think Sammy Phillips, uh, in her own opinionated way, which we all love to have on the show, laid out her opinion. Bottom line, I hope these paychecks start getting issued. I hope the shutdown stops. Um, it's the new year. People should be starting off on a positive note. We will see what takes place. Another thing that happened, Rupert is home from school. Uh, TJ, is your is your son home from school? No, I don't live in L.A. County, so uh, no uh, teacher strike here. All right, well, out here we've got uh, basically 32,000 educators walked off the job, which means 600,000 children have no idea when they're going to see their teachers again. This is the first teacher strike in Los Angeles in 30 years. Now, here's my feeling. On one end, yes, I hate the fact that kids are not in school. On the other end, when it comes to teachers, and I feel the same way about firemen, police officers, and other factions of you know, government workers and otherwise, they should be making six figures plus a year for what they bring, which gives us a better quality, if not the highest quality of teaching available. Again, I'm not a politician. It's just a wish list that I have. I want these people to make what they're worth. So if they're striking for a good cause and they need to do it, I understand. But again, the repercussions, kids being out of school, hopefully not getting backed up where they got to take school over again this year. I don't mean to go so far with that. I just hope that doesn't happen. I don't know if you heard this stat. You said 600,000 students are out of school. Uh, four of them are bummed out about it. Yeah, right. Exactly. I think they're all chat- they're all catching up on Fortnite. They're going to yeah. be better at Fortnite by the right. time they get back to school. Another thing that just happened, you know, Bezos, one of the richest men, if not the richest man in the world. Um, I know you know this, Sammy, already, but he and his wife are, are breaking up, right? Uh, they were married in 1963. They're breaking up now. And basically, uh, there's no prenup, Sammy. There's no prenup. There's $137 billion is on the line. And it looks like, if I did the math correctly, she'll be making uh, roughly about uh, 78, seven, no, excuse me, $68.5 billion. Well, maybe she deserves it, and maybe it's an amicable, amicable, uh, conscious uncoupling. They do claim that it is an amicable. Uh, they didn't call it amicable. They called the divorce super amicable. But I think $137 million makes everything super amicable. So, Well, not a marriage, apparently. Not a marriage. Not a marriage. Yeah, you know what? Uh, let me ask you guys a question. Well, it's a bad question to ask, TJ. But Oh, but a good question to ask me? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Because you're not married. This is true. Never been married, almost divorced twice. Go ahead. Okay. Do you believe that we are supposed to be with one person forever? I think, can I answer that in this way? I think that women can be wired that way, but I don't know if men are all wired that way. I um, agree with you. Well, you he, he, here's the thing, and I'm going to say it a different way. No, we shouldn't be with one person forever which is why my wife is not the first person I've ever been with. Yeah, but once you settle, once you mate and procreate and settle with someone from that point forward, like say say this couple came together in their college years or in their 30s or even their 40s, is that the person once you get, you know, is are are you of the mind frame that a man and a woman are just supposed to be together forever. Our, One person. Uh, what, what's your favorite color? Answer the question. What's your favorite color? Black. Okay. Should everyone only like the color black because you like black? No. It's no, but diff- I would always a, wear black. But it's a different answer for every person is what I'm saying. Some people are, you know, able to be 100% monogamous. Other people are not. And... I don't think we need to speak in broad terms on people are supposed to be with one person forever or people are not supposed to be with one person forever. I feel okay, so wrapping for, for, it for, for the most the pesos. Well, for the most part, here's the thing. If you find the one person that satisfies you in every way throughout your entire life as a companion, as a lover, as a friend, you hit the jackpot because what's the divorce rate? Like 50%. So Half the people, Higher. you know, half the people, more than half the people can't find that one person, but a, a good chunk still can. And, you know, that's, but that's I great. I think they find that person, but then that as you grow older and as your tastes change, your experience changes, your worldview changes, sure. your priorities my, change, 
then your relationships also change. I'm just wrapping it back into this news story. Like, why would this lady and man get divorced? Was it his choice? Was it her? Usually when it's amicable, it's her choice, and he just wants to move on and fuck all these other girls. And maybe that's the case, but here's the thing. My, My dad told me this when I was a really young kid. Don't marry the person that you love the most. Marry the person that you can tolerate the most because you want to surround yourself with people that make you happy and everyone's going to get on your nerves. Everyone's going to be someone you don't want to be with at some point. But if you find the right person that you can tolerate and be the happiest with, then that's who you should be with and uh, may I, tolerate. May I, may I interject? Can I, can I, uh, I believe, my viewpoint? I, I believe the show is called It's Time with Bruce Buffer, so you're entitled. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. I love the sanctity of marriage. I think it's a beautiful thing. I love seeing my parents together for 57 years before my dad passed away. When I see happy couples out there, especially elderly couples talking, holding hands, sharing love, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Is it guaranteed for everyone? No. Marriage is like a business. You're, You're forming a partnership, not just in love, but in business and in life. What happens with businesses when they open, as in the restaurant business? Almost two thirds of them close in the first or second year of being opened. It's a difficult task. So it's very important to me that if I ever did walk down the aisle of love, hopefully forever, now at my age, being particular through experience, as you mentioned, Sammy, very, very true, but I'm probably at a best point in my life to pick the perfect mate now if I choose to ever do that because of all the experience I've had and the growth factor, which you said, Sammy, affects marriages as you get more experience and grow. It is a beautiful thing. I wish it's out there. I think that the um, marriage is definitely over 50% or something, the divorce rate in California, much less elsewhere. The amount of men, I think the rate is in the area of 50% that fool around on their mates. I think the uh, percentage of women is close to that or under 50% that fool around on their married uh, spouses. So, you know, it's a, it's a toss. It's a toss in business. Every day you wake up, you got to fight to keep that business working and deal with getting hit on the ground and getting up again through success and failure. The same thing in a marriage. So it's about internal strength, and I would say your best bet if you're going to marry somebody is make sure they're your best friend and you have the best communication with them possible. And don't jump into marriage. You know, I, I, am, I mean, that's your choice. But when I hear people say, and I won't mention any names of, of a couple of friends I have, oh, I just met somebody, I'm getting married. How long have you known him? A month. Really? Really? You got to rush that quick? Can't you take your time? Get to know I, him? I you know? I know. You know what? Like along that line really quick, have either of you guys probably not seen a TV show called 90 Day Fiance? Oh, God. <laughs> that sounds like something on uh, like A&E that you binge. Yeah, it's something like I won't watch, but go ahead. I, I think it's, what is it? TLC. TLC. It's on TLC. It's so good, but it's people that are openly coming to this country by marrying like a stranger. And oh my they've God. got, they've you got like, you mean like hey. Asian, Asian wives or whatever in those ads and pa- stuff like that. Pardon my French because Sammy's here. Why not? We're fucked. Okay. Whoa. If that's what, if that's, if that's what's on the channel that is called the learning channel, <laughs> this society is fucked. <laughs> Whoa, TJ. Here we go. It's right, the, so the score, good, guys. The score you, think it, you have problems? Watch 90 Day Fiance. Oh, uh, buff, buff, the FCC just called. We're in yeah, trouble. they did. The current F-bomb score is 11 for Sammy, 2 for TJ, 0 for Bruce. Well, I'm winning. I'm winning. Winning. Okay. Easy, Charlie. Right. Let, let's, let's take another step in a direction here. A man in, in Vacaville, California, has 10 million reasons to hate his former roommate. Get this, guys. He purchased a lottery ticket on December 20th, right? Hoping to get some extra money for the holidays. He hit pay dirt with, and he basically had paid her with the ticket he thought was worth 10000 He shared the good news with his two roommates saying, oh, I won ten grand." One of his roommates stole the ticket, went to cash it. It was worth $10 million. No! $10 million. His roommate stole the ticket, right? So basically, if I read this correctly, um, they didn't know him to. He was invited to the office for... Okay, yeah. The, the guy that stole the ticket, they invite him to the lottery office to collect his winnings. Instead, he was greeted by Vacaville detectives who had an arrest warrant waiting for him. So he's booked hey. in Sacramento County Jail. He'll be transferred to Solano County Jail later this week. And now lottery officials have talked with the victim, but they're not certain he's going to get the $10 million. No! Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, okay, not. so 
first off, this guy who actually bought the ticket, he'd better get $10 million because yes. if the guy that's in jail gets released ever and this guy doesn't have $10 million, uh, the guy who won the lottery is going to be put in jail for murder. That's theoretically possible. You know, I mean, that's a. And then a the jury may or may not convict him for that because, my God. Well, I don't know about that one, but let's you're really taking it on a, on a long road. But you know what? Yep. Anything's possible. But wow, that uh, Tammy, I yep. think you would probably grab a knife if this happened to you. Um, no, I watch too much Law and Order. I would, <laughs> How would you I do would it? Not grab a knife. So what does that mean? How would you do uh, that's it? That's the most <laughs> ominous thing I've ever heard in my life. And on that yeah. note, Bruce, we should get out of here because I'm afraid. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, speaking of being afraid, you guys watch Catch a Predator with Chris Hansen? Uh, oh, yeah. It's a, it hasn't been on for like 10 years, though, right? I Well, then maybe that's the reason this happened. Chris Hansen, the host of Catch a Predator, has just got the Chris Hansen treatment. So he was confronted. Yep, he was confronted by. Yep, the former host of Catch a Predator was arrested on Monday in Stamford, Connecticut, for larceny. Police said he failed to pay a local vendor thirteen thousand dollars for items he bought in two thousand seventeen. That's That's different. That's different, Bruce. I thought you were going to say that he. No, 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 no. Listen, it's like TMZ. I'm, I'm embellishing the headlines. You know, whenever they. Whenever they do a story on me, the headline is totally different than what I said. Let me, so, let, me now, let me get this bait off this story because my God, that was the I, most clickbaity thing ever. Well, yeah, I did. Well, get this though, seriously though. Obviously, he's hit some hard times because he bounced two checks on this vendor. He bought thirty-five, three hundred fifty-five mugs, two hundred eighty-eight T-shirts, six hundred fifty vinyl decals from a mom-and-pop shop. For marketing events he planned to attend, the tab came to just about 13000 The first check bounced. He threatened to go to the cops. Chris allegedly wanted to make four partial payments. The owner rejected the deal. He bounced a second check. Chris has been arrested. Oh, my God. I'm just curious, like, how much of this was done maliciously and how much of it was just bad money management and he was trying to make it right? Yeah, I, I wonder the same thing. You know what, Sammy, you're in show business. We're all in show business. In this business, you could have a hit show, make tons of money, whether you spend it or not. If you don't have another job when that show's done. Oh, yeah, I know. You're out there looking for work. Yeah, it's the way it goes. Mm. Now, now here's something. Uh, Guys, I remember as a kid hearing kids, you know, trying to get high, sniffing glue, never interested. Aerosol cans, never interested. This. Tide pods. What? Oh, God. Tide what? pods, yeah. You, have you heard about people eating Tide pods, Bruce? What's a Tide pod? Tide. Oh, Tide no, that's pod. what I'm talking. No, no, that's what I'm talking about right here. Oh. This is the teens in Indonesia are boiling used tampons. Used? What? No. Used what? tampons. <laughs> get the, let me get this. They're getting high off tampons. What they're doing is no. Right, we I, said Tide pods. Yeah, Tide pods, Bruce. Well, wait, wait. Let me. I'm gonna get into that. The newest fad is here, and it's worse than eating Tide Pods. Okay. okay, I don't know what that is. It says that in the what is a Tide Pod? Tide, Tide, like <laughs> the detergent. Tide. Are you kidding me? Yeah, they're they're these little prepackaged. The yeah, detergent. Yeah. I mean, are our kids that stupid? And I hate saying that word, yes. but that's stupid. Yes. All right. Well, now what's happening is in Indonesia, they're boiling used tampons in water. You got to stop and, saying that. It's going to make me throw up. Well, that's the <laughs> whole point. That. The resulting concoction is in order to get high, okay? What? They, yeah, they, it gets worse. Hang on, Most how do you th- figure this out? Like, wh- what makes you get the idea, hey, let's boil some used tampons and see if it makes us high? Get this, get this. Most of the time, the used tampons are not from the individual. They're going through the trash. They're drinking strangers. Bruce, I'm going to throw up. I'm yeah, gonna... it's horrible. This is it, the I worst mean, the... story I've ever heard on the show. Yeah, it's 10-plus it, it, year history. It's just, it's just disgusting. I, like I said, it's when I thought I heard about everything, it goes to another level. Uh, and I, and I thought licking frog stomachs was disgusting. Are you ready for the next story? Wait, no! can I something super quick? Um, so uh, I know this is a little different, but similar. So I used to have this rock star boyfriend who I will not name his name, but like. I never, was, I never sang with a rock group. Go ahead. No, he was, he didn't shy away from that time of the month, let's say. So if there was a tampon in the equation, he wouldn't mind going downstairs and, you know, investigating, even though there was. I'm taking off my headphones. 
I'm over CJ, this. did did their did our audience just sign off? I noticed that everybody just left Skype. Yeah, it's it's all over. <laughs> Can't do it. No, I, yeah, I, all I'm saying is, you know, tampon play is not unoriginal. Yeah, boiling used tampons from the trash is incredibly original and also vile. Sammy, okay, you're, going, well, you're going from a sexual innuendo to a gross innuendo of, of, of the boiling and the drinking. It's, you know, I understand what you're talking about, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that and, and when you're in love or you're, you know somebody so well, but two totally different stories. Yes, right. and, I, I said, I think I prefaced it with, it's sort of similar, but not. it just reminded me of a story. I'm just saying. Here's my thing. Right? I would be as disgusted if you said they were going in the garbage and getting out used socks and boiling them. Like, it's, it's yeah. just... This is someone, uh, so, someone else that you don't even know, like body excrements in in, in dumpsters I mean, and trash. But can't possibly so get gross. you high because everybody would be sucking on tampons. Maybe it's uh, something in the way that the tampons are manufactured. It's a chemical agent. That no, I, it's just cotton. You might as well just throw your shirt or your socks. I'm gonna throw up. Can we talk yeah, about something else? Yeah, it's it's kind of difficult, isn't it? <laughs> I, I I mean I am a little bit curious about the science behind it. Like, are these kids actually getting high? Is it no? Are they getting high off of Tide Pods? It's it's a, it's a, it's it's a, not a Pavlovian effect. It's a uh, what is that term? Um, uh, it's a placebo. Placebo effect. It's a placebo effect. They think they're getting high. Okay, the bell just went off. We just hit the limit for gross stories, but. The next one's going to, bell's going to start again. Guys, hold on to your seats. This is horrible. The CEO, this is the last horrific, let me check. Is this the last horrific story? No, we got to talk about Danielle Brigoli, so we have one more horrific God, story. dang it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, Danielle. Is this the horrific show? This, no, 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 this is the middle of the show. Here we go. The CEO of a Phoenix-based Hacienda Healthcare nursing facility resigned on Monday after one of the facility's patients who has been in a vegetative state? Oh yeah, like Kill Bill for over a decade gave birth. Years. Right, gave birth to a child. They did not huh? realize this woman was in a vegetative state for 14 years after a near drowning incident. She gave birth to a healthy baby boy on December 29th, as reported on the news. They confirmed horrifically this woman was raped several times. They don't know who did it. They don't know if people worked in the facility, did it, family. They have no idea. But she devastated everyone involved when she suddenly gave birth. They were caring for this vegetated state, uh, woman in a vegetated state, and they didn't even know she was pregnant until she gave birth. That's crazy. I'm sorry. Has anybody seen a nine-month pregnant lady? I, I, I don't even know how to comment. They're still looking for the so man. they're covering it up. They are covering it up, somebody within that 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 home did that to her. They kept it under wraps. And did you hear the nine one one call of the lady um, talking about the baby being born? Apparently, it was like blue. And wow. then the nine one one operator was trying to talk to her through it. Wow. Well, they didn't even know that she was pregnant until she started. Remember, she's in a vegetative state. She started moaning. She started making noises, and then she went into labor. Bruce, I, Bruce, I'm I'm sorry. It's it's really hard to not know a woman is pregnant. I agree. I agree. Someone, I don't know how to like, like to Sammy's point. Like someone knew something that didn't Criminal have anything activity. to do with this, and they didn't make the call. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's something. Mm-hmm. All right, let's let's get on to a little more uplifting stories. Um, you know, we kidded about Daniel Bregoli on the show. I've kidded about Daniel Bregoli on the show because you know I'm. I, I love people that have talent. Well, she's working at what she did. She's making her mark. She was discovered, you know, in the beginning on uh, Dr. Um, Phil's show. We've all heard the story. She's going on to do her hip-hop, however you term it, the music she does. Well, you know what? This is how she's built her career. I'm going to give her credit. You know, she's just got some uh, new veneers to make her look better. Wait, her is, teeth, this, you is know? this the Cash Me Outside girl? Yes. Okay. Get this, TJ. She just signed a $900,000 makeup endorsement deal. Good for Whoa. her. Good for her. I now, now, and all the kidding aside, I'm saying good for her, because it just goes to show you that it's out there. Whether you're limited talent 
or you build in a maximum talent, hey. but there's money to be made. So you know what? I like seeing people make money as long as they're not hurting people and they're doing good for people. Right. So in this case, I'm wishing her the best. Embrace, good for embrace every opportunity that is afforded to you. Did you hear about the woman at the U.S. Open, the tennis match, who was caught on camera dunking her chicken tenders into her soda? And now she has this line of chicken soda, and there's a song, and she's, like, selling T-shirts. Like, it's, again, it's crazy, but you're afforded one little bit of notoriety. Like, what did uh, what did Andy Warhol say? We all get 15 minutes of fame? Well, apparently some people are really, really good at monetizing that 15 minutes. And they're really good at sometimes extending. I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, I signed this big deal for Michael Buffer. You know, we had him on the show recently. We talked about the DAZN deal, matchroom boxing deal. They've been running those commercials since September, you know, on, on Sunday football shows, everything. I have booked three TV commercials for Michael since we signed that deal because what happens is the more you get noticed, like you said, the girl dipping the, you know, the thing in soda, whatever, everybody's looking for a new way to market, right? So even though Michael's very established and has done multiple national TV commercials, but just when you're out there, whether it's on TMZ or whatever, that's, you know, people get noticed. And the perfect example of that in this day and age is Instagram. You have people with absolutely no talent or talent they've discovered yet or talent they perfected yet just going on Instagram to become famous for no talent or famous for look at me, I'm in a bathing suit or whatever with all respect to everybody. And some of them, when they get their million followers or three million followers, they're making, as you know, Sammy, 20, 30, 50, $100,000 plus a month. It's a new world, yet it's the same world. But it's a new world. You follow me? It's newish, but old. It's pre-owned. No com- pre-owned world. Pre-owned world. Sammy, any comments on that before we go to the next story? Did we lose Sammy? I don't know. She says she's still there. Maybe the FCC got her. They're like, we're uh, over yeah. this. Oh, I'm here. I'm sorry. I'm totally here. Welcome back. I, okay. I, I, <laughs> I was uh, running to the bathroom super quick while you guys uh, were... Uh, uh, so I uh, speaking for TJ, we figured no more information needed. Did you wash Sammy's your hands? Back. Did you wash your hands, Sammy? <laughs> no, I did not. Why do you come from the rule? If you don't touch, you don't wash. No, I, I wash all the time. But in the spirit of expedition, in the spirit of this being the grossest show we've ever done, Sammy didn't wash her hands. <laughs> not the yeah. gross show. Just a couple of uh, 10 minutes of gross stories. Uh, Danny Trejo, the actor. I've, no, I've known Danny. We used to be neighbors and stuff like that. He actually came to my 50th birthday party. Super cool guy. Guess what? I guess I got some competition. I'm kidding. It's not about that. I'm happy for him. Danny Trejo is going to serve as the ring announcer for the new Karate Combat mm-hmm. uh, Hollywood series. The first L.A. stop for the Startup Martial Arts League. Uh, which will do 10 events this year, except for January 24th at a place we know very well, TJ, the Avalon uh, Theater in Hollywood. So Danny Trejo is going to take a shot at ring announcing. Which you That's going to be awesome. Which you can watch live on UFC Fight Pass. Oh, oh really? Very cool. Yes, so Machete, Machete grabs the microphone. Like it. I like it. All right. Uh, how many of you collect coins, pennies, nickels, quarters as a kid, whatever? Uh, every time and- I pay in cash, I get some coins. Can go. I tell you not just very briefly when I was a young child my mother did a foray to Mexico it involved Alice Cooper at the time but then it's a whole story and then she ended up staying in Mexico with me for a little while I had no toys and do you know I used to play with pennies nickels quarters and dimes of money that my mom had in her purse and those were my toys not a, you know, not a bad thing. Were you good at pitching pennies? Um, I was good at everything. I would build little towers. They'd have wars, you know, like they'd smush. And now you play with fifty and one hundred dollar bills, correct? Well, I, well, in my dreams, no, I, <laughs> I, you know, I play with all kinds of things. But yes, at least the current. Stop there! Stop there, Sammy! Changed. Stop there! Stop there! No more information needed. Stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> TJ, you should have said stop before me. I'm over it. Grocery show over. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, this, a gentleman named Don Lutz Jr. found a, a copper penny uh, in his high school cafeteria seven decades ago in a safe behind a wall. Excuse me. He stored it in a safe behind a wall at his Massachusetts home. Okay, it was a 1943 copper penny. All U.S. pennies at that time were supposed to be made of a zinc-coated steel that year. And the reason why is they were conserving copper for the war efforts because World War II, copper's a big 
commodity used in ammunition and otherwise. So only a few of them exist today. It turned out that the penny just fetched $204,000 at all. Oh, yep. Check your, um, your change, uh, containers guys. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You never know. It's, it's Brian and I, Brian's still a big collector. By the way, Brian knows you're on the show. He just texted me to send you his love, Sammy and say hi. Uh, I love him. Yeah, um, really quick about pennies. You know, people always throw out pennies because they're annoying. They're usually dirty. They're not worth much. Um, but there's a, there's like, see a penny, pick it up all day long. You'll have good luck. And also pennies are from God, because if you look at the front of it, it says in God, we trust, I believe. So I believe when you pick up a penny, it's usually at a point in your life when you have a question or you're, you know, you're at a crossroads and then God sends you a penny to let you know to trust. One thing about that, if you pick a penny off the floor, in my understanding, it should be heads up. Heads up. And that I think means it's, it's good any luck. penny period. Just, okay. but just, just pick them up. Pick them all up. I hate yeah. pennies and change. I get in pennies general. and change. No, I get pennies and change now. And I go, excuse me, I don't know what to do with these anymore. And I just leave the pennies at the counter. Yeah, you know, I sometimes leave pennies, too. I'm getting that way with almost nickels now. I mean, what do you get for a nickel anymore? No, yeah. save those nickels. And after that Dan yeah. Lambert <laughs> sale, you're going to be leaving $100 bills at the freaking counter. Listen, <laughs> Bruce, TJ, get a big container. Put all of your silly pennies, your your little change things in there. Then you, I, go, to, you go to a place, like you go to your Ralph's or whatever, or Vaughn's or John's and there's Coinstar and you put all, you'll get like 50 bucks back if you have a big container. Okay, just stop for a second. Coinstar is ridiculous because they take a cut. Just go to the bank. They'll tell you how much yeah. money you have. Oh, guess what the bank's doing now? What? I, it's a big, a, a big sign in Bank of America. They're like, we no longer accept change unless it's in coin rolls. The, that, makes, that makes sense. So like, they, they will give you the coin rolls, but you need to stuff them. You can't just out dump your purse and go, Hey, give me, give me the equivalent in currency. They know they're not doing that. They're not going to count your change anymore. Okay. So how many people are going to be stuffing change rolls with not change to see if they actually bust it open and count it and just walk out with a bunch of money? There you go. That's going to, that could be a potential. You never know. You want to know what I did one time? Wow. I think a lot of people do this. I took a sparkless bottle, one of those five-gallon containers, and I started yes. filling up with change. Then I couldn't lift the darn thing to get the So I've got a funny story. My dad um, had one of those old, you know, like uh, the Culligan water bottles that get tipped upside down. Yeah, yeah right. he had one of those. That's what I'm. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, he had one of those, and uh, we were going out of town one time, and for whatever reason, probably because my dad hung out with unsavory characters. He was afraid that someone was going to steal that when we left. So to make it even more difficult to get rid of, he filled it with water, okay? And then when he went to go cash in the change, probably like six years later, the bank wouldn't take the coins because it showed water damage, and they were of the assumption that he had taken it out of a wishing well. Oh, my oh. God. Yep. All right, well, here, next collectible story. A 60-year-old clipping of Marilyn Monroe's hair is up for grabs, and it comes with a sexy uh, um, glamour shot. Of Does the, it come of the, with a DNA test? Uh, that I can't answer, but basically, here's the thing. The lock of hair, approximately 35 strands, is from a collection of Kenneth Patel. Okay, he was the icon's hairdresser. He was Marilyn Monroe's hairdresser from 1958 until 1962 when she passed, right? So it's in a specially designed frame along with a framed photo of her. It's all in a flat paper box with his calling card. It's dated June 14, 1959. He has several pieces featuring her hair, made as gifts he made for his closest friends. This one is now being auctioned off for $16,500. Now, you got to be a big fan to spend that kind of money. I know people pay crazy stuff, but, and it is Marilyn Monroe, you know, who's probably more famous after she passed, and her state makes more money after she passed to this day than when she was alive. But uh, I guess you got to be a big collector. Enjoy it. 16,500, 35 strands of hair. Have a good time. Wow. I, I don't know. Like, how do you know? Like, how do you know it's really her strands of hair unless well, it comes with, like, well, the, the only way to know in this case is because of what we call in collectible in the collectible field, we call it provenance or provenance. And that's where 
um, the fact that he was her hairdresser is documented. You know, you're talking about the guy that cut her hair. So that's okay. what's Okay, but here, I'll give you just one crazy example very quick. I know a centerfold. She will remain nameless. She is also like a B-movie icon. Uh, long story short, she has a fan, you know, thing where she sells headshots, this, that. She sells her toenails, uh, but oh they're not even hers. She has her man cut his, and she sells them as hers. Can we go? Like, well, wait, I've, wait. I've lost breakfast, and now I'm losing my appetite to not but, eat lunch. But, but on that note, on that note. And that's her. It's from her. She says it's her. It's not someone's, uh, it's not someone's podiatrist or pedicurist. Sammy, it's Sammy. It's her. You better have a serious talk with her because she's breaking the law. She can go to jail for that. She's breaking the law. What are you in for? Ah, selling toenails that really weren't mine. (laughs) No, but if you collect money under false implications or false information, unless I'm not right, you have broken the law and you can be arrested. Yeah. So anyway, all right, here's a feel feel good story for you. You probably already heard this. A would-be kidnapper was trying to a good feel good story. And I started off with a would be kidnapper. <laughs> a, a guy was trying to kidnap a woman. He chased the woman into a karate studio. Bad judgment. What do you think happened? Go figure. Everyone yeah, waxed he, off. Everyone waxed off. Yeah. And he got what he deserved and he got arrested. Good for him. You know, get arrested. Scumbag. Okay. Next up. Daniel Cormier. I love this. Daniel Cormier, I consider him a friend. He's a great guy. He's one of the most funny guys you'll ever spend time with over dinner. He was out for dinner at, um, excuse me, he was out for dinner at the Sapporo Japanese restaurant in Monterey, California. Okay. He walked, uh, she, she was out to dinner named Rosario and Pete Guzman and walks her favorite fighter, Daniel Cormier with his family. And they were seated with the other family at the Ibachi table. The woman has cancer. She's battling cancer. It obviously came out during the conversation. Daniel being the gentleman that he is, uh, Rosario battling stage four cancer as she is. Oh, and it shows here she never mentioned it at the table. Pardon me. The gesture was pure happiness on Daniel's part. He paid for a $300 tab for dinner. Champ, champ. That was very, champ, champ. Champ, champ, and definitely one of the greatest of all time. Most definitely. All right, everybody. I want to wish everybody a very, very happy new year. Uh, a very, very show today. Uh, up and down on the class level of the subjects that we discuss. But you know what? We talk about everything on It's Time Radio. No holes barred radio, as I say at the top of the show. And uh, one last thing I forgot to talk about. Uh, TJ, are you aware that Roy Jones Jr. inked a new deal with the UFC? Yeah, I, first show is January 31st. Are you going to be commentating that show? No one's called me. I've inquired, but it's uh, getting late in the game, so I doubt it. I should have mentioned something to Roy. He came up to me at the last show. I, I waved to him in the audience. I turned around. He's right beside me. He gave me a big hug. I wanted to take a picture. I forgot about that. I should have mentioned something to him. And if I see him again, I will. Because God knows you're an excellent commentator. And well, you would do a great job. But you know, I, think you, you know is, I called the man's last boxing match ever. That's my point. Exactly. I'd, I'd reach out again. I'm going to check and see uh, my contact for Roy. And I'll, I'll, I'll send him a note here after the it's show. It's in town here even. <clears throat> Okay, all the more pass, all the more. So UFC Fight Pass is going to stream up to 72 pro boxing events put on by Roy Jones Jr.'s boxing promotions company over the next three years. Good for Roy, good for Fight Pass, good for the UFC to be helping other uh, organizations, of which we could name many, to get out there in the forefront. And uh, I think that's a, a definite handshake and slap on the back for the UFC for all they're doing. All right, everybody, here's your moment. Sammy. Yes. What's up? What's new? What do you want to tell our audience before we say goodbye? Um... Uh, mm, uh, I love you and Very. <laughs> happy new year and uh, just follow me on social medias and there you go. Very cool. That was very exciting, Sammy. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, I like blew my wand like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> you know, I'm now in post, you know, post cum bliss. I'm just, you know, laying back with a joint in my mouth. Jesus Christ, Bruce. Oh, okay. More information for our audience at the end of the show. I love it. <laughs> I'm being I'm being figurative, not literal. But no, I, on Twitter, it's The Single Life. Instagram, it's Sam's Pajama Party. And on Facebook, it's Sammy Phillips with S-A-M-M-Y, Sammy Phillips. There, there you, go. you go. I love you, Sammy. You're always a pleasure to have on the show. I love <laughs> us. <laughs> 
Like, yes. I know. TJ, I love you. Okay. Come on, TJ. Come on, TJ. Yeah. Oh, please, TJ, come on. I, come on. I love doing this show with you guys. Ah, uh, see? Because I was going to tell you another disgusting story. No, no, we're done. We're done. We're done. Please. No, just done. say you love us. Come on, TJ. I love uh, you. Respect yourself and others around you. Something about <laughs> influence in a sphere. Oh, Buff, get to on. that. We got to go. Okay. Jesus At God. TJ DeSantis on Twitter. And TJ does love you, Sammy. Just has a hard I time. I know. Like, come on. It's not like he's cheating on Mrs. TJ by saying he <laughs> loves. His... Well, you, ne- hey, you never know the parameters of their marriage. You could be. Yes, TJ. Yes. I'm going to sign off. Love you, Buff. I love you too, TJ. Love hey, you Sam. Too. Yeah. I love working with you. Ah, uh, I love you too. <laughs> okay. All right, everybody. The Love Fest is here. The Love Fest will continue through 2019 when Sammy's on the show. Thank you, Sammy. Love you. Have a great week. TJ, all the best, brother. We'll be back next week with an exciting guest. I think we're going to try and get Tommy Chong or somebody on the show uh, from the entertainment industry. Tommy Chong was just on The Mass Singer. Uh, I'd love to talk about that show, see what the prep was for that show, and how it, we all know how it all turned out if you watch the show. All right, everybody, we'll be back next week. I'll see you from the Octagon in Brooklyn, New York, on Saturday night for the first show, the first historic show on ESPN. Can't wait. All right, everybody, be a role model to your sphere of influence. Treat everybody with respect. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Pick your path in life. Learn about it. Learn as much as you can so when you set out on the path and you walk down, you be the best you can be because by doing that, you're winning. And life is all about winning and being the best you can be, and that's what we're all about on It's Time Radio. Have a great week, everybody. I wish you all the most amazing year coming up or here in 2019 moving forward. Buffer out. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. Total Wine and More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities, up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply. Total Wine and More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities, up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply.